welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today we're going to be joined by our guest, the one, the only, Jeff Garcia of News for San Antonio and the lead Spurs writer for the Spurs Zone. Good to have you back, Jeff. Good morning, Joe. I hear it's cold. Well, it's cold here for, for San Antonians. You know, it's right around 41, I believe, right now. It's rainy. You know, it's cold. It's windy outside. So, yeah. kind of a miserable miserable time to be in San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it's not going to be a miserable time for the Spurs on the road, road trip. I hope not, Jeff. And so we're going to go ahead and talk about that. But one of the things I wanted to talk about with, about, you know, with you right now, right off the bat is what's going on with Lonnie Walker, man. I mean, he just hasn't <laughs> seen himself, you know, uh, the last couple games. I mean, he's had, uh, he had a stomach ailment, you know, and he was inactive against both the Houston game and then one of the first games um, of the back-to-back for with the Golden State Warriors. He missed the first game of the back-to-back. Second game, he was available, but he just hasn't looked quite himself. You know, I don't I don't know if there's something else going on or, you know, I, I don't know if it's a, a mental thing. I mean, what, what are your uh, assumptions on, on Lonnie Walker? I think you hit it right there. I think it's a mental thing. I really believe that. I I spoke with him about a week, week and a half ago, I'm going to guess. And I just bluntly asked him, I go, Lonnie, how would you assess your play so far this season? He flat out told me he goes inconsistent. And then he put his head down and he kind of like, yeah, like he, he's aware of it. You you give him a little bit of a pass because of that stomach ailment he had. And he was out for a couple of games. Maybe he lost his legs a little bit. But yeah, I, I'm starting to think it's just more between the ears, Joe. I think he just has the mental yips. I think that's what it comes down to. We know physically what he can do. Physically, he's a specimen. Physically, he has this, the, the physical tools, the skill set. It's just not coming together on a consistent thing. Now, you can't completely bag on him. If you just want to look at statistics, then statistically, he's having career uh, you know, numbers and scoring and field goal percentage and whatnot. So there's progress. And I think if this season, for most of it, is being a developmental season, a continuation of Orlando, then so far so good if you're just looking at pure numbers. But what the problem with Lonnie is that there's more downs than ups. All NBA players have their ups and downs. I get that. Look at DeMar DeRozan. You know, he had some bad games so far this season. Look at DeJounte Murray. He's had some, a couple bad games. But it's how they respond, how they bounce back, and if they're being consistent. You can rely on DeMar to give you 25 or more. You can rely on DeMar to give you five or more assists. You can rely on DeJounte to uh, give you double-figure scoring, possibly even a triple-doubles we've seen this year. Kelton, the same thing. You know you're going to get him attacking and get you double-figure scoring and on the defensive end. You know, he's one of the better rebounders on the team. It's just with Lonnie – there's more downs and ups. And sure, he had that 20-plus point outing versus Minnesota, you know, when DeMar was out, and then he backed it up against Oklahoma City. But again, too far and few between. He he went over in the last game. Again, he was sick. I get that. But there's getting to a point now where I think this is becoming a lot with the success of the team so far this season, his errors are going to be glaring now and they're glaring and i think it's just coming down to a mental thing with him joe that's unfortunate you know because i had a lot of uh, 
high expectations for for Lonnie coming into this season. And I think Pledger's the one who alluded to Lonnie being an enigma, didn't really know exactly what he was, you know, or, or really his role on the team at this, at you know, early in his career. Uh, it seemed like this season he was kind of finding his place on the Spurs roster. He was playing, you know, pretty good to start the season off, you know. So, and like, like he just hit a wall, you know, and you, you don't want to see that. You want to see him push through it. Um, but, so, Joe, he hits the walls a lot, though. He does. That's the thing. That's the yeah. thing, too, you know, that he does hit that wall a lot. You want to see him be able to push through at some time. I know it gets tough, you know, and it's a mental aspect of things. You know, you get not only physically fatigued, but mentally as well, you know, through this long 72-game uh, season that's ahead of them. Now, they're a little more than a quarter of the way through the season. Um, you want to see him get better. You know, I, I want to see him get better. I know he's capable of playing better. It's just, you know... He, whatever he needs to do, he just needs to find that center, you know, find that positivity, find that that joy, you know, of, of playing in, in the game again and just get things going, you know. And if he can't, I, I don't know what the, what the Spurs uh, right. will wind up doing with him, you know. I mean, the verdict's out on the kid. I want to see him do good, you know. Well, again, if, if Spurs fans forget what one of the – bigger goals is this year's development for the entire uh, young squad, then you're getting it statistically. He's having a career year in scoring, currently 10.7. A career year in rebounding, 3.1. Career year in assists, Chris, you know, 1.7. So there, there it is. Um, but, you know, baby steps, maybe the best approach with Lonnie, a change in role probably is the best thing for Lonnie. Maybe a starting job is not his thing. Maybe That's he wants key. to come up the second unit. They come with the second unit, Joe. That's the key. I really believe at this point, I think that he might be better suited playing with that second unit. You know, I think yeah. what Pop did by inserting one Devin Vassell in the starting five, I think that gives the Spurs the ability to remain competitive because Devin's a, a rookie, yeah, but he has a really high basketball IQ. He plays defense really good, really consistent defense, and he can score. You know when his when he when his numbers called when they go to him, he can shoot. You know the mid range game is is really good with him. He can shoot from beyond the arc. He can kind of create his own shot, be aggressive, go to the rim. But one of the things that he does so well is he's controlled. You know, and he uh, he's very methodical in what he does out there. I just think he's a, a really good solid addition to that starting five but again matchup wise you know it, it's not really going to be something that pop will do moving forward it might have just been hey this is a body that's available let's see what he can do right you know and put him out there um but i just think that lonnie really is uh, going to be better suited coming off the bench um that might help him uh with you know, the mental uh, wall that he's yeah hit, you know yeah and there's more numbers that prove that you know, maybe, you know, you know, there's something off with him uh, this year. You're looking at, uh, well, let's go to um, Clean the Glass uh, website I, I like to go to. Uh, there are numbers there. Last year, uh, with Lonnie on the court, the Spurs had an expected win uh, addition, you know, to their grand total wins when he was on the court of a plus five. So with Lonnie last year, the Spurs were targeting to win five more games with him on the court. This year, Joe, is down to a negative 32. 
minus 32. That's how much he's been hurting the Spurs uh, due to his inconsistencies. Now, is the good news is he's very young. You know, so he's only what twenty two years old, so he's 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 only going to get better, and I think he will get better. But I think the numbers are showing that he doesn't fit well with the starting unit, and it's obvious he needs to have. Uh, I wouldn't say his own run, but kind of like his own unit to run. You know, coming off that bench. Imagine, look, it's a win win situation for the Spurs. You know, if you take him off that unit. And bring in somebody like Vassell or, or, you know, then great. You know, that boosts the unit because obviously we know Vassell is being a more impactful player than Lonnie is right now. And you move Lonnie to the bench, it may be- do him good too between the years as well as boosting that bench, which is already tops in the league, Joe. So I think it's something the Spurs really need to consider. Look, why not try it? You know, just give it a game or two. What's the worst that can happen? Success? Or if you see it's not working and Lonnie needs to go back, then you can just readjust on the fly, Joe. I, I just think they should try it. I'm with you on that one. I think they should try it. Um, the last thing you want to do is just, like, have him keep on doing what he's doing. And he's going to get down on himself, and it's going to show. You know, he, you want to be able to boost some positivity into him. You know, and I'm sure that they're giving him words of encouragement and, or whatnot. But, you know, if Lonnie's looking at Spurs Twitter right now, that's not going to help his cause, you know, because they get quite a... They get quite nasty out there, you know, as far as their assessments from game to game. From and game wasn't to game. it wasn't it just last couple of years ago where he was the next coming of Jordan the, yeah. you know, among Spurs fans? Yeah, that's, that's mean, how, true. And then here's the thing too: what's hurting him too is the emergence of Keldon and De, and now Devin. Yeah, and now Dejounte. But with Lonnie, though, I think you afford him the patience. You did it for Dejounte. Spurs fans were okay with letting him develop, and look what happened now in his fifth year. Keldon, the same thing. Well, then Keldon is just becoming showing to be a, a specimen here based on how he can yeah, play. He's a stud, man. <laughs> and, and look, Devin, he's a lottery pick for a reason. He was picked number 11, and he's, show, he's proven it. My thing is with Lonnie, though, I think he needs to go to the bench. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, dude. If they put him on the bench and they can get some really good production out of him, I think he might have found his new new home and his new role on this team, you know, so hopefully moving forward, that would be the case with him. Last thing you want to see him do is just go into obscurity, you know, and just really not produce. That's not really what we want out of this young player. Cause like you said, I mean, his athleticism is off the charts, you know, he just needs that boost of confidence. So I think playing with that second unit will, will build that and make him an, an overall better player uh, for the, for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, but moving forward here, Jeff, let's go ahead and dive into some Lucas Samanich news, man. Yes. This is something that, I mean, it it was hot on Spurs Twitter. We had fans going to at each other, people arguing. They were either you were you were Team Luca, you're not. You know the verdicts out on the young man. You have people, I mean, going at him. I'm I'm like, why? Are we so hard on Lucas Samanich? You know, I mean, because he was number nineteen, because he was picked above uh, Kelvin Johnson, because I, I other his that. other contemporaries are doing well. I get that, you know, but at the end of the day, we have to understand too. The kid came from the Euro League, you know, and he wants to be able to to produce. He wants to be a better player. Um, it's just hard for him to get playing time out out on the court, you know. And right now, I think 
by him going into the G League, you know, and, and being able to develop certain aspects of his game, I think he can be a good player. You know, I don't, I'm not saying that he's a, the next coming of, you know, a Spurs bonafide superstar in the likeness of one Tim Duncan or anything crazy like that, you know, but I think he can be a solid addition. I just think like you stated, Jeff, he needs time to develop. You know, the, the Spurs have been patient with some of their other players. I think the, the same thing is going to be said for, for one Lucas Simonic. He looked good in, in the G League game, you know, the Austin Spurs premier game that they had against uh, the Memphis uh, Hustle. You know, but again, it's in, in the G League, you know, but, you know, you have he had, a, he had a performance. And then, of course, Spurs fans go to Spurs Twitter to either say, hey, man, the kid looked great, you know, or like some of the others, Jeff, yeah. they're just like, wow, you know. Well, here, here's, the, here, here's the thing. I've had the opportunity to talk with Luca uh, a couple of occasions already. And uh, and even coach Matt Nielsen with Austin. And, uh, you know, I get it. The coach has to say these things, but you take it for what it's worth that he feels and he sees that Luca's coming in hungry, ready to play. I talked to Luca and there's an article about it. If you want to read what Luca and I t- chatted about proving doubters wrong and living up to expectations, it's on the uh, Spurs zone right now. Uh, I just want to read you something here, Joe. Sure. He says, quote, you know, I, I was just waiting for my opportunity. And when it came, it all went right. And he's talking about his 16 point performance versus Utah last year in Orlando. So he's saying, look, I got the opportunity. Look what I did. Got you 16 points in a game. Uh, he goes on to say, to tell me that that he works on his offense every day, that he's focused on that right now, that he wants to improve on things, that, you know, he wants to, and then he goes on to say, he goes, I just want you to do the things that'll let me play in the NBA. So I think he hasn't had a chance to really get his shot at the NBA level. Now he's getting there right now in the G League, but I caution Spurs fans to not make too much of a big deal when he's when he did what he did the other night against the Memphis Hustle. He had a phenomenal, he got twenty something points, you know, rebounds galore. Uh, because that's against G League level. He he needs to show that on the NBA level. Last year, his his Austin Spurs numbers were phenomenal. Double digit double scoring. He was dropping double doubles left and right in Austin. But it's unfair because he hasn't had those type of minutes to prove what he can do on the NBA, NBA level. And he's a polarizing figure right now among Spurs fans because number 19 picked ahead, ahead of Keldon. You know, he, you know look, look at his position in the draft. He should be able to. He has the physical skills, the physical tools. You know, he yesterday against the other day against Memphis, uh, the hustle team. He looked like a man among boys. He was huge out there. Uh, but I think the verdict is still out. I'm of the opinion uh, – well, first of all, for those that are pro uh, Luca, you know, yes, you should be able to voice your your thoughts on that. And those are, are anti-Luca right now and he's a bust. You should be able to voice that. And in the middle is patience. Both sides have to have patience with this kid. Now, I think next year is going to be his time to shine. Like he's going to have to show something next year. Because that's already two years in the G League Austin Spurs program developmental season. Now you should be able to know what the San Antonio team expects. Now go produce Luca. So I think you give him this one year, uh, Joe. I think you give him that one year too. You know, this year, like I said, you know, I think I'm more along the lines of just be patient with the kid and let's see what he can do. You know, let's let him develop another season in the G League. That way, he gets some playing time. He can go up against some some better talent. You know in the G League than 
just putting him into the fire in the NBA and and then him not being able to But what's wrong with that, though? But what's wrong with that? Because there's not really a lot of playing time with him. You know, with with him, it's the playing time. It's the experience. You know, if you're going to put him in there and then you're going to put him in big game situations, that's not going to be conducive to him having uh, a lot of productivity out there. You know, I think it's going to hamper his growth rather than just, you know, excel it. Um, you want to put him in, put him in in garbage time minutes. You know, I don't think they do that enough. I mean, he's only played, what, four games out of the first 25? Most of the time it's did not play, did not play, not with the team, inactive, 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 inactive. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kid's just sitting there. He's just a body, you know, and, and that's not, not good for him either, you know. So, again, it's kind of like an enigma. You know, not a lot of playing time to go around, a lot of minutes to go around. He, he'll be delegated to garbage time minutes if he gets any minutes, probably, you know, on the road more than likely, like they always do. You know, Coach Pop usually does that with some of these guys when their num- number gets called. You know that, Jeff. He'll put him in, you know, when they're on, on the road in garbage time minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's going to happen with Luca. But being that he's so young, let's just be patient with him. Let's see what he can can do in the G League, develop his, his skill set. Then, like you stated, come next season, let's see – what this kid's going to do. Are they going to give him any, any minutes that are worth a damn, you know, are are they, mm-hmm. are they believing in him? You know, let's, let's see what he can do. I think he has the physical tools, as you stated, he has the skill set. He has a really good stroke from beyond the arc. I got to say his stroke has impressed me, man. Like he, he's just smooth, you know, with that release, his form is really good. I like his handles, you know, for a big guy, he can really mm-hmm. dribble up and down the court. You know, he can get up there. He's shown that he has uh, the athletic ability, you know, that he can go ahead and he has that really fast first step, you know, so he can kind of break away from his defender. And if he gets a quick first step on him, he's pretty much done. You know, he can just go to the rim and he's either going to have a layup or he's going to have a dunk. Uh, But that's in the G League, you know, in the NBA level. It's a little different because he's not looking like a man among uh, boys anymore. It's like he's looking like a, a kid, you know, because he needs to put on some weight. You know, and I think that's something that he's working on because physically you see his appearance has changed, Jeff, since he first came into the league. Looked like he's been eating some tortillas or something, you know, he <laughs> put on some bulk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but no, no, he's definitely done that. He's took your advice, Joe. He beefed up. There's no doubt about it. Go look at the footage. He looks big, but now he has to bring it all together. And that's what the Austin is going to uh, the program is going to do for him. He's going to be the focal point. It's him and Trey Jones. They're going to be the two guys. And think about this, Joe. He put up some good numbers in the G League level last year being the third option. He was the third option for uh, Keldon and Shemezi Metu. And then it was it was Luca, And he still was able to do what he did. Now he's going to be the primary focus. And look what happened. At least at the G League level in Austin's game one season opener, he produced. For the most part. For the most part. Because he did have some issues during the game. And he's aware of it. But for the most part, he did all right. Yeah, he did all right. I think he understands, too, because as the game kind of waned on, you know, into that third and fourth quarter, he kind of backed off a little bit. And he knows that himself. You know, he even said as much, I believe, after the game, if my memory, if my memory serves me correctly, is that is that right, Jeff? Can you see that again, Joe? You broke up a little bit. I there. said, uh, I believe he even said that, you know, as the game went on, you know, and it was like oh, yes, going yes, in yes. the third and fourth quarter. He said himself that he kind of backed off a little bit, you know? Yeah, um, but he corrected it. 
he saw it. And in the fourth quarter, he dropped 12 points in one quarter. And he went like three for four, three for five, something like that. Uh, and re- had to help the Austin team rally from a deficit. So uh, I-, I think if you give him the time to shine, he will do it, Joe. I believe he will. You know, we just got to be a little bit, just pump the, the brakes a little bit and be yeah. patient, you know, and let's not. Yeah. And and pump the brakes when also, too, when it comes to his performances this year. Because yeah. he's going to have good performances. You can see it coming. It's just a matter of. Good, Luca. That's great. That's awesome. Build on this. Now prove it when if you get the call up to San Antonio or if you do get more minutes in San Antonio versus Austin. Yeah, and I think Spurs Twitter needs to chill out on the kid a little bit too. I mean, Spurs Twitter is an enigma itself. It's crazy, Jeff. It's I've never seen the fan base as divided as it has been these last two seasons. It's like every every loss that we have, somebody's got to go. You know, I'm like, <laughs> the sky is falling again. I'm like, come on, guys, let's just be patient. I, I think we already knew, and I had said this before the season even started, even on Los with you, on Locked on Spurs. Mm-hmm. I said, this is going to be a season of growth, it's primarily for the young core. It's not necessarily meaning that we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to develop these younger players, give them some minutes, let them get the experience that they need out there on the court. And if we make the playoffs, great. If we don't, that's okay too, because we have a stacked draft coming up. You can get somebody in there that could actually be a game changer for us. You know, so it's Mm -hmm. not the end of the world if we don't make the playoffs again. It's about the growth of the younger players, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think everybody just needs to kind of back off and chill. I think it's a new feeling for a lot of these Spurs fans because they're not used to the 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 team performing at the level that they're performing at right now they're used to success they're used to those championship runs and as we well know jeff we were there for the dark times and they were they got really dark Mm -hmm. (laughs) really dark a lot of losses a lot of disappointment there was a lot of things that happened in the playoffs you remember first round knockouts you know the Rod Strickland mm-hmm. incident, which we won't bring up on this podcast. <laughs> You're right. You know, but th- there were things that we had to deal with. And right now, I think it's a new feeling for Spurs fans. I, I think you agree, don't you, Jeff? Yeah, I think so, too. Look, the, the, the sky is not doom and gloom. You know, the potential for all these players, including Luca, is there. Look, you're seeing uh, Lonnie go through his development phase. These are growth uh, things. This is what players go through. Rudy Gay even said that he wasn't at the level of Devin Vassell when he was a rookie. So, and look what happened. Rudy became an all-star. And look what he did in Memphis in his prime years. So, it's there. But you got to give these kids time. Now, there is a point where you have to say, okay, where are we going? Like, what's going on, Lonnie? That's what's right now going on with him. He's in his third season already. Maybe, okay, minus a few because he had he got injured early in his career. But it's getting to the point now where you need to see something out of him because you don't know what player he is anymore. We know he's inconsistent, that's for sure, but we need something positive out of him. And we yeah. don't know that. You know, we know offensively he can knock down a shot, attack the rim, but he doesn't do it. You know, he doesn't, and but you know, the fruits of that doesn't pay out. Defensively, he can be a liability at times too. Uh, Lucas Omanich, you know, number 19 pick, hasn't really cracked the San Antonio rotation, hasn't cracked San Antonio at all. Even in the Orlando bubble, he didn't play one game. But he made progress in that one game. And he's showing progress. He's in one game uh, with Austin this year. 
Yeah, I, I like the kid. You know, I like the kid. I, I got high hopes for him. Hopefully, hopefully he can, you know, kind of turn things around. Really and, and develop. Look, he, you know? he told me that, well, he didn't tell me, he told the medium, excuse me, uh, that he's aware of the naysayers out there. He said he, he knows it. He sees it. He sees so the he Spurs, sees Spurs Twitter. <laughs> yeah. That he, that they're, they're banging on him and, you know, they're kind of calling him out, but he said he doesn't care. And I think that's the right frame of mind. Yeah. Yeah. That is the right frame of mind. Cause Spurs Twitter can get ugly, Jeff. <laughs> it can get that really can. ugly. <laughs> well, moving forward here, let's go ahead and talk about the rodeo road trip. You know, this is going to be, I believe, what they're playing seven games on the road, and they're going to start with the Atlanta Hawks, you know, on, well, tomorrow. It's going to be on Friday, you know, because we're recording this on Thursday. Mm-hmm. But they got some really early games. I forget when they go on the East Coast, the games are like something crazy, like 6.30, 6 o'clock. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like awesome that. for you, but for us here, it's like it's a bit early. You know, we're used to 7, 7.30 tips, so it's like we're getting a lot of early early tips, you know, coming. I mean, we got 6.30 against the Hawks. We got 6 against the Hornets, 6 again against the Pistons, 6 again against the Cavaliers, 4 o'clock, Jeff, 4 p.m. on Saturday against the lowly Knicks. That, to me... That's a trap game, dude. <laughs> that well, is a Knicks, trap game. The Knicks have historically given the Spurs fits. Yeah. Even when the Knicks were bad. I mean, how many times did you go into the rodeo road trip in years past and see New York oh, and being, God. oh, and no, we got that, and then they, they beat them up. I think one year they had two wins, and one of those was against was the Spurs. Still, exactly. <laughs> the Knicks one year had two wins at that point of the season, and one of those was against the Spurs. Woo. That w- that was not good. I remember that's one of the days that Spurs Twitter wanted to blow up and, and trade the whole team. <laughs> and look at this. I mean, we got the this is the gamut, you know. Okay, we got the Knicks, then we got the Pacers, they got the Thunder, then they got the Pelicans, and then they're gonna finish the rodeo road trip off against the Nets. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, not not against the Nets. I'm sorry. They're going to finish the, the it thunder, up against the, the thunder. thunder, yeah. And then they come home and they play the Pelicans and the Nets and the Knicks again. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, Jeff. I'm not, I don't know how I really feel about this rodeo road trip. Well, on paper, some of these teams, the Spurs should not have an issue with. But we've been here before, you know. So, this, the, this rodeo road trip, it's, it's very winnable for, for the San Antonio Spurs as, as far as them coming out of this with a winning record you know Mm -hmm. but they have to be able to put forth the effort and that's the thing that kind of scares me they have been very inconsistent this season so Mm -hmm. what are your assessments for this rodeo road trip for the spurs do you think that they're going to come out of it 500 or do you really believe they're going to come out of this above 500 i think they're going to be above 500 i'm giving them four wins you're you're gonna there's there's a few teams that on paper likely to give them fits. The first one's going to be Atlanta. You, you know, Trey Young, Lucas, Steph Curry did to the Spurs. Now you got Trey Young. John, uh, John Collins is on the team, right? They, uh, that's right. So they got athletic big there and, you know, they're, they're, they're a feisty team. You got the Knicks. The Knicks seem to always get out for the Spurs and always play them tough. Uh, also, uh, you look at a game like the Thunder. Thunder, maybe it would be an issue for them. But all in all, they should come out of this uh, with an above 500 uh, record. There's going to be games where they just 
you know, you know what, you know, the they're the just going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be bad. And it's coming. Don't be surprised. Nobody should be surprised that this Spurs team likely could lose a game and to a team that they shouldn't lose to and badly. But it, overall, I think this is perfect. I think this is what the team needs. You talked about team chemistry being all Popovich saying that now they're starting to see the attention to detail coming together on the defensive end. This is going to put a rapid pace on that and get them together quicker. And I think it'll do well for them. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, I got to tell you, the trap games for me, Knicks, Cavaliers, Pacers. <laughs> I, I don't know, Jeff. Those are the three games that kind of worry me uh, on this rodeo road trip. The Pelicans are a surging Pelicans team. They're actually, they were on in the midst of what, I think a four game winning streak. Um, so that kind of scares me a little bit because the Pelicans on paper have a really good athletic young young team you know mm -hmm. and they've had trouble in the past with one zion williamson they really don't have an answer for him so if he decides to go off and you know he gets some help from some of the supporting cast that that game could get away from us early you know i think what really is going to set the tone for most of these games on the road is that the spurs have to come out and match the team's energy the opposing team's energy They can't fall mm -hmm. behind from, like, you know, go down 10, 12 early in the first, then trying to play catch up, trying to get the game close by half, half time. And then we know how they are in the third quarters. You know, they, they just don't have very good third quarters. And then all of a sudden they have a resurgence again and they want to come up and make a little run. Things get interesting in the fourth. And then by then, you know, it's either 50-50. You know, mm -hmm. we don't know what's going to happen. Um So I don't want those scenarios to play out. I want them to be able to be consistent. I want them to mesh well together, gel together, you know, and and, and find some cohesiveness. Maybe on this rodeo road trip, maybe they'll find a way to be more consistent as a team. You know, that's my hope. I mean, what are yours? Yeah, and if any year where the Austin uh, – Austin, I'm sorry, excuse me, I'm thinking about Simonish still – where the rodeo road <laughs> trip uh, is going to be vital is this year. This is a young team. They need to come together. Now, the, the, the drawback, though – is that there's COVID protocols and they cannot do team bonding away from the court. You know, the, the protocols ask and tell them they have to stay sequestered in their rooms. And I think that's going to hamper them. But, you know, maybe there's alternatives. I mean, the NBA did say there's an approved list of restaurants they can go to. Maybe they can do a Zoom conference together. Maybe they can make the most of it when they are together in practice or uh, pregame, what have you. But all in all, I think you make the best of it under the situation, under the protocol, uh, the health and safety protocols. And this should do well for their team chemistry. Because right now, I think if they can just gel and get the chemistry down, they'll be a better team in the, uh, coming out of the rodeo road trip. Yeah, I think so. You know, but again, you know, I, I know the Pelicans aren't on the rodeo road trip, but it's one of the games that they're going to, the Spurs are going to have back home. You know, after they face OKC when they finish the rodeo road trip, mm -hmm. you know, and those are the that's the kind of thing that really, I guess, is one of these games that can either make or break you, uh, depending on what your record is coming off of that rodeo road trip. If you're having a really good rodeo road trip and let's say they're above 500, they're feeling great. And then they come in and they just wet the bed against the Pelicans. It's uh It's tough to recover from that, you know, because you have your 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 hopes set up so high. You have a good thing going and then, bam, you hit the wall. And then if they lose against the Pelicans, they could also lose against the Nets, depending on who's playing with the Nets at the time. 
Kyrie hasn't really played a lot of games with the Nets. Is he going to show up? Is he not going to show up? Who knows? You know? Mm-hmm. And again, yep. the Knicks, a trap game. <laughs> the Knicks play us tough, you know? And then to finish off this first half of the season, Jeff, we play OKC again, you know? So I'm like, wow. OKC, no matter who they have on that team, they always play the, the Spurs tough, you know? So <laughs> to me, those are... Those are games that we got to watch it with, you know, as far as the not only on the rodeo road trip, but when they come back, because even when they yeah. come back and they're at the AT&T Center, you still want them to play good. And I got to tell you, mm-hmm. Jeff, this is going to get us into another topic right now. With the Spurs, they make a return, you know, to the AT&T Center February 27th. At that point in time, are we going to see fans in the stands? It's possible. It's possible. Is it's it too soon? To the, yeah, according to the AP that it's likely to be uh, when they get back from the Rudy road trip or, or in March. Uh, look, I, I, this, like all, like any business, they're hurting for money right now. And I get it. It's a business. They call it NBA E entertainment for a reason. So I guess the Fiesta jerseys aren't really cutting it then. No, apparently not. <laughs> uh, but look, I mean, you just got to, um, if you're going to go be safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, all that good stuff, you know by now. But as far as the decision to do it, they put it off already once already. Fans are supposed to be in the stands already. And originally the target was January 1. Spurs and the city held that off uh, because of the rising cases. Now, recently, the cases in San Antonio are, are dipping a bit. But now they're discovering the new strain of uh, the virus in San Antonio. There's going to be reports of it. Will that hamper any decision? We shall see. Um, the vibe among um, the city and, and the fans is that maybe it's a little bit too soon, but the NBA is already starting to reopen the doors to fans. You know, the Mavericks are letting fans in. Houston is letting fans in, and we know what happened there. They got in a fight with Spurs fans. Um, <laughs> keeping it Brooklyn, classy, Houston. Keeping it yeah, classy. Brooklyn, the Nets, they're going to start allowing uh, fans in, uh, I believe, at 20%. So it's going to be a hot ticket to get. It's, it's coming, and I think the NBA feeling, is feeling the pinch of it, and the Spurs are going to do it. If they brought robots, there's literally going to be robots in the AT&T Center cleaning up the arena with flashlight technology. The Spurs are taking every step to make sure that Popovich even spoke to me about it recently, about the steps the team is making. Uh, and he said they're, they're, they're investing in the science of it. So they, they know what they have to do to bring fans in safely. It's just a matter of when – and if fans are going to be responsible enough to wear the mask, stay put, try not to move around too much, not get in fights like we saw in Houston <laughs> and uh, whatnot. But I, I personally, I, I just think it's a little too soon. I I like maybe end of March, maybe, maybe. I don't know, Joe. Yeah, if we go back into the stands. I might get in a fight in the stands with uh, Ty Yeager's cutout that he has up there. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be funny. I'll take it home with me. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I think it's kind of maybe too soon. You know, we don't really have a lot of uh, vaccinations going out right now. We do have some, you know, the vaccinations, COVID-19 vaccinations are starting to roll out. People are, that need them the most are starting to get them. But the masses, everybody else... There's really nothing for us to do at this point in time. They're they're trying to mm-hmm. give the vaccinations to, you know, the people who have health conditions, uh, the elderly first, uh, frontline workers, you know, people in the, of that nature. 
and then everybody else can go ahead and start getting vaccinated. But it's still a process because you get your first dose, Jeff, then you got to wait three to about six weeks, depending on which dose or which brand you're getting. Um, you know, you got to get that second dose. And then some of them are like, oh, you can just get one and and you're done. But, you know, the there's a whole bunch of stuff. If you want to know more about these vaccinations, you all need to go to the website and do your research because it gets pretty nuts. And then, you know, I know that some of the major uh, farm, not pharmaceutical companies, but like, you know, your your CVS, your Walgreens and even HEB, they're going to start, you know, having vaccinations available for everybody. So I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to be until well into maybe March or April before everybody else can start getting vaccinated by then, Jeff. We don't even know if we're going to have a second half to the NBA season. We're going to see what happens at, at this at the record as as of this recording. We only know what's going to happen up until March the fourth, and then after that, yeah. the NBA is going to have to release the second half of the schedule. And I believe the All Star Game is coming up as well. You know, it's going to be in March. Mm -hmm. So there you have it. You know, it's officially going to be what I guess the halfway mark of the season, and then we're going to get the. Uh, the second the second half of the season schedule coming out shortly after March the 4th or before then uh, I would say what probably within the next week or so Jeff yeah so I mean the fan results already coming out there's no at least the fan voting has not had any spurs on it uh, so maybe there'll be another reason the Spurs fans don't tune in Joe I don't know maybe the, the all-star game kind of lost its luster lately you remember when it used to be an exciting thing to watch and tune into? Now it's kind of eh, yeah, it's ho hum, you know. And then the all then then at the All Star, but the NBA dunk contest it's taking a turn again, Jeff. <laughs> it's not <laughs> what it used to be, you know. No, no, exactly. Yeah, it's not the way it used to be. And here's the thing: um, you look at the uh, dunk contest, and they they miss how many, and it's over and over again. They repeat it, and Oh, no, you get a second chance. Remember back in the day when it was just maybe the second dunk attempt and it was just thrilling. But, I mean, you had star guys in it. You had Dominique. You had Michael. You had Kobe in it. Spud Webb. Ron has never done it. <laughs> you had uh, Larry Johnson. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. the, I think there's only – I think. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure a fan will correct me. I think there's only been one spur ever in an NBA All-Star dunk contest. And I think that was – I want to say Johnny Dawkins. I no, Johnny we, Dawkins. We also had Brent so, Barry, but remember he he joined the dunk contest a, he, with the Clippers. But he was a Clipper though. Yeah. yeah. But he won. You know when they were here in he San won, Antonio yeah. too. They had the the All Star game here in San Antonio, which is one of those things that happened way back when. I'd like to see it happen mm -hmm. again, Jeff. Honestly, but I yeah. don't know if that'll ever come to fruition. But it would be a really exciting thing for the city. You know. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Yeah, I, I remember when it came. I was enjoying that the, those days in San Antonio when San Antonio turned into Hollywood because <laughs> you had the All Star Game in San Antonio back in the night was it ninety six? Yeah, and um, then you had Planet Hollywood opening up in San Antonio, and San Antonio just transformed into the mecca. It was the mecca, at least for a, at least for a weekend. Yeah, uh, when it came to uh, entertainment and sports, so it was a fun time. Yeah, and the logo was fire too. You know. I'm sorry, say that again? The logo that they had for the NBA All-Star Game oh, in yes, San Antonio yes, yes, yes. was fire. I loved it, you know? So I hope we get a second shot sooner or later. But I got to ask you one important question as we start bringing this thing to an end here. Are you going to try out the Spurs Budweiser aluminum cans, you know, the 
the beverage inside. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I know you're not a really big, you know, Bud drinker, Budweiser drinker, but the the cans look nice. You know, they do like they look nice. Yeah, I like the 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 the, was it the label, like the wrap, the label wrapping thing. Yeah, uh, looks good. I also like the fact that. Uh, well, isn't it just funny? You just you can just slap on uh, Fiesta colors on anything, and Spurs fans will buy it. I can, I can slap it on a a cup of coffee, a Dunkin' Donuts. Slap on the Fiesta color, Fiesta color Dunkin' Donut cups. Spurs fans will buy it. Or toilet paper. I wouldn't mind. Or toilet paper. This. They will buy it. <laughs> there you go. So I got to tell you, man, I, I got your name on some of these these aluminum bottles, dude. I'll, I'll send them to you. Thank you, for, thank you, my friend. I appreciate yeah. that. I, I can't guarantee that they'll be full, but. <laughs> i'll take the bottle nonetheless i think the bottle is cool yeah the bottle is cool you know i got i got some for you i'm gonna send some to taro i'm gonna get with ty as well i'll send some to ty so that y'all can add them to the collection you know i'm sure that they'll be worth something one day on ebay <laughs> you know they're selling that, the yeah the old budweiser cans the aluminum cans the black ones with the the spur on it those go for like 12 13 for an empty can you know so i'm just like I guess you can sell anything on eBay, so I'll send you a couple. Maybe you can keep one or two, and then you can sell the other. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to flip them, make you, a profit. You can flip them. Maybe you can go and buy something for your collection, you know? There so, you go, yeah. Yeah, I still have the Wheaties box with um, uh, the Spurs on it. I think it was Manu and Tim. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that one, uh, and then the H-E-B one. Didn't the, the H-E-B have one? It was like a black box. The Tim Duncan O's. Yeah, the Tim Duncan, yeah. Yeah. Did you have the Tim Duncan O's? Yep, I still have those. You haven't eaten them, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it was short-lived, though. That that line was very short-lived. Yeah, I got two boxes. One of them was open because the kids got into it and ate it. The other one has not been opened, and it never will be. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> past its expiration date. I'm afraid what will happen if I open that thing up. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe moths will fly out and then maggots probably. So, man, yeah, bad idea. Yeah, bad idea. But I got to tell you, Jeff, uh, and, and, and as we bring the show to a close, we got to do a little bit of nerd talk now. Mm-hmm. We got to get, we got to keep it real. <laughs> what did you think of the latest uh, episode of WandaVision, man? Did you check it out? Yeah, yeah. I, I like the fact that it's turning um, a little darker. I think that's, that's needed. Um, you, you like the fact that uh, Vision is starting to realize that something's off, that he shouldn't be around to begin with, period, because isn't he dead? Um, supposedly he's dead yeah yeah supposedly um i know i know for the most part um fans were uh upset with um her brother a uh, quicksilver like at least the the the, uh, the person portraying him yeah but i i appreciated it because of what um area they brought that from that's from the x-men uh sony side and that's good if it was the guy who played him in Age of Ultron, I'd be okay. You know, they're going to stick keep with the, keep with the theme of the MCU players uh, playing their roles. But the fact they brought in the other guy who played Quicksilver from that side of the line, the Sony side, because Sony owns the property rights of X Men, I think that's a good thing because that opens up the idea that okay, maybe Sony's going to be okay with allowing. Fastbender's um, Magneto to come in or, um, you know, Halle Berry's uh, Storm to come in. And I think that's cool. And I think that opens up that area if if I'm not reading too much into it. But uh, I liked it. You know, I know there was built up as the big reveal of of the season. 
Yeah, no, no. It was it was cool, but I don't think it was a big reveal because you saw it coming. She talked about her brother. She talked about being a twin. You, you saw it coming. Yeah. <clears throat> and supposedly they still have another big reveal. You know, on the along the lines they have said as the infamous Luke Skywalker uh, scene from the Mandalorian to end se- yeah, season two. I don't so, know. That's a hard thing to live up to. Well, we'll see what that happens. Is tough to live up to. Yeah. The only thing that could be as draw dropping as that would be if you have like Professor X or you have yeah. Magneto coming into the, you know, into a scene as as, as this first season comes to an end of one division. That that would be kind of jaw dropping. If, if it's just going to be like they're going to throw in Doctor Strange in there, no man, that that ain't going to get the people going, you know. Yeah, but they they kind of have to to link it. I mean, so it, that that's probably going to come. They yeah. they have to do that to link it to the multiverse that's going to be opening up. Uh, yeah. With Doctor Strange. And then your Jeff's so, going to be ho-hum. This <laughs> didn't wow me. <laughs> I'd be like, oh. I mean, the Quicksilver uh, cameo was cool, um, but it didn't wow me. Because you, if, if you're a fan, <laughs> if you read the comic books, you know that you know that Pietro is part of the House of M. Yeah, I and knew you were going to do that, Jeff. The, hu- the House of M. You, you, you know that Pietro's in it. You know he's there. Jeff and is he plays one a of- critical role. Yeah, Jeff, you're one of the hardest people to please when it comes it's not, to that. It's not that, <laughs> just that I read these comics as a kid. You know, my dad, he had his collection. You know, he talked about his collection of comics that he had when growing up. And and I read them and I'm like, okay, I want to see this come out to life and real, you know, real live action. Like BVS. I mean, you go with what's her name, Martha, as the inspiration for the team up. When the original inspiration was that Superman, you know, was a sellout. And that's what motivated Batman to take him on, you know, to make him realize that, hey, you know, leave me the F alone. (laughs) You know, you're not all this powerful. I mean, how do they leave out on BBS the iconic line of, you know, uh, for all your days to come, I want you to remember the one man who beat you. Yeah, I mean, they left that out, man. It's DC. You know how it is, dude. The, they left that out. That was so iconic. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the that's studio. Pete Batman just wrecking Superman. Yeah. And the, he's telling him the lengths he went to to defeat him. What did he say in the comic book? Like, I found this crypt, kryptonite. You know, I had to, it took me years to, to develop it, but I did it. You know, you know now you're going to realize that I'm a threat now. You can't come. I mean, yeah, you just leave it all out. I mean, they yeah. go with, I'm Martha. Go with Martha. You know, she's Martha. And that's why you have to team up with me now. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Man. Sometimes it's just the studio that gets in their own way. You know, the studio changed a lot of things with, when it came to, you know, Batman versus Superman. And it just wasn't quite the same as the vision of the director. You know, same thing happened with Justice League, you know, and now they're trying to redo it for HBO Max. And hopefully we get a better a better showing, you know, I think it's going to be a completely different movie with all the special effects and the reshoots and the inclusion of uh, these other scenes. And they're, they're trying really hard to, to pay fan service um, because they're trying to set it up for something different, you know, a different direction, um, which could be exciting for everybody, you know, so I commend that aspect of it, but we'll just have to see Jeff, but we got to get you on the, the countdown city geek cast so we can geek out and just like, have an hour or two long discussion about 
all things, you know, that, that we love, you know, as far as the, the geekdom, yeah. you know, and the comic books and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so exactly. The peeps right now are just getting a small taste of what happens on Twitter when we get stuck in the rabbit hole, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, Jeff, where can everybody see all the great stuff that you got coming out when yeah. it comes to the world of San Antonio Spurs news? Yeah. Go to uh, news for San Antonio and Fox 29, San Antonio.com right now. Spurs zone. We have uh, a few um, uh, interviews I did, one with uh, the newest or returning fan favorite, Fabricio Alberto, nice. uh, about becoming, um, no, not about his broadcasting skills that he took to the Austin Spurs, but about his controller on the sticks. Did you nice. know Alberto is an avid Halo fan and he rocks that? Yeah, uh, he spoke to me about being an esports fan and much, much more. Go check it out. Also, more on Luka Samanich. We had an interview with him. We also have game previews left and right. And subscribe to Locked On Spurs, wherever you get your favorite podcast, uh, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Go check it out. Yeah, and you can also catch, I believe you have on your latest episode, I Am Pledger. He's on there. So, mm-hmm. you know, from ESPN. So go ahead and check, uh, uh, you know, that latest episode of Locked on Spurs. And, and for I'm, those of y'all who know what Pleasure uh, feels about uh, Luka Samanich, you want to listen in because you will be shocked what he had to say about Samanich. I'm sure I will be. <laughs> I will be shocked. Anything that yes. Pleasure says is, is always uh, on, on the cusp of being a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a dapper dresser. Always dressed to the nines, all the that time. Is. I wish when I grow up, I want to be like Pledger. I want to dress like Pledger. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so you can also find all the great things that we do here at Two Shots Podcast. And also, you know, make sure you go and follow Locked On Spurs because I'm a frequent contributor there with Jeff. And we talk about all things Spurs there as well. So you can look for Two Shots on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube by just typing it out. Two Shots Podcast, not the number two. But TWO, Two Shots Podcast. So with that said, for Jeff Garcia, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind, we're out, peace. Peace.